Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Okay, so there is a story, with lots of stories, but we like certain ones. We try to find them for you. The Fraser Institute study on oil and gas investment in this country versus investment in the United States. Now, oil and gas, we have so much of it. The world needs it. Look at Europe. Now, we've heard the expressions of need from Europe with our friend Terry Bro, the uh, former head of energy security for the country, the entire country of France. He's, he joins us quite regularly on the program on the situation in Europe. He told us just two weeks ago. They're still expecting, or he's expecting, brownouts, blackouts in Europe over the winter because they would just don't have enough energy. When Scholz came here, the chancellor from Germany came in August with his delegation. They didn't come here to sign a non-binding deal on hydrogen. There's no way that Chancellor Schultz is flying from Berlin to, uh, to, to Canada to sign an imaginary deal for um, hydrogen. I mean, if it works, eventually, but it doesn't exist at present, the system. You can't. Anyway. Oil and gas, the world needs it. And the Montreal Economic Institute told us just a few weeks ago that the world has spent five, over $5 trillion since 2004 on the renewables industry. And yet, 84% of the world's primary energy today is oil and gas or, or fossil fuels. Okay, so the Fraser Institute study on oil and gas investment in Canada versus that in the United States, Wyoming and Texas, for example, those two states lead 15 petroleum-producing states and provinces for investment attractiveness. Where do you think the uh, Canadian provinces rank? Let's find out. Ken Green is a Fraser Institute senior fellow. He's the study author. Ken, thank you very much for joining us. So um, tell us, first of all, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the study, where, does, where do the Canadian oil and gas-producing provinces rank? Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, the, the quick answer is uh, they rank pretty poorly on the list of petroleum oil and gas jurisdictions in North America. They, um, the highest ranked province is Saskatchewan, uh, and they rank sixth out of the 15 jurisdictions you mentioned, the 12 American states, three Canadian provinces. Um, but Alberta, with one of the world's largest oil reserves, um, ranks 12th out of 15. Um, British Columbia, with huge natural gas opportunities, uh, ranks 14th out of 15th. Uh, so it, it's it's simply not a pretty picture when you ask where uh, Canada ranks um, for uh, attractive uh, attracting investment yeah. in oil and gas production. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture. So you talk to senior oil and gas executives about where they're willing to invest and why they're willing to invest, or conversely. Why they're not willing to invest? Tell us what they told you. That's right, and the Fraser Institute has done this for quite a few years. Does it as well in the mining sector, uh, international mining sector. Um, and one thing that comes up year after year after year uh, is uncertainty uh, and cost of regulation in Canada compared to other jurisdictions around the world where uh, investors might put their money into oil and gas. Uh, or as I said in the other survey, mining. Um, but the, the, the one thing that comes up constantly um, is the, the the bureaucracy, essentially the uncertainty about environmental regulations, 
Uh, and then the second, pretty much second or co-equal to that in Canada is the issue of disputed land claims. Um, now, it's quite, that's a significant issue in many states, too, although not nearly as much as it is in Canada. And then the actual raw cost of compliance with regulation, how many hoops you have to jump through, how long they take, how expensive they are to jump through. Those are three things in Canada that deter people from saying, yeah, I think I'll be able to get a net return on my investment if I, if I put some into Canada, Canadian oil and gas, gas jurisdictions, that I, I think I'll get some back out, right? Uh, I, so... I I, so, I have faith. I'm going to get a return. So, on so, so, what do you what do you say to the people who would say, "Hey, that's really great"? You know, we shouldn't be up at the yeah. top. We should be where we are. Uh, we should be at best sixth and twelfth. What do you say to those people? Well, I would say to them that they should probably listen to the lead-in of this segment on your show and ask whether or not the revenues and from resource production in Canada might not be set back into alleviating. Some of the healthcare yeah. healthcare yeah. Uh, system problems that Canada is facing, and the other uh, innumerable problems Canada is facing economically, with regard to needed needed sources of revenue in the world. This is how Canada historically has made its revenues uh, and earned its way in the world, which is by the production and conversion to a certain extent of natural resources. And so um, it'd be, they're asking the same question as well. Okay, maybe we just shouldn't actually have enough, make enough money to feed ourselves as a country. Maybe we shouldn't make enough money to, to pay our medical system or feed ourselves or any of that great stuff. And so they should listen to the lead-in of the food banks and, uh, uh, and lack of access to, to uh, the Tylenol and acetaminophen and things. Yes. Which really should should never appear on airwaves in Canada. There's no excuse no. for it. You know, uh, whether or not we produce and sell our natural resources to a, a waiting world, a world that needs it, it's become so clearly evident after the U Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's really just been pushed right in front of our eyes. We see it every single day. Whether or not we do that, whether or not we sell to a waiting world, and thereby benefit ourselves and benefit the world as well because we produce, by and large, much cleaner energy than do other, many other mm -hmm. countries, right? Questionable actors yeah. in this particular environment. Whether or not we do it, it's going to happen anyway because the world needs it and it's going to be using it for decades to come. So, uh, you know, the, the point was made by the federal government. There's no business case to be made for um, natural gas exploration and pipelines and export. Don't tell the Chinese that because they just signed the world's the, the history's largest deal in, in or at least with Qatar. I would say Qatar. I think that's the, actually the correct pronunciation of the, the country's name. They just signed the largest deal in history with Qatar or Qatar for the delivery of natural gas. And China didn't do that just because they want to funnel some money toward Qatar. Well, you know, I think you, you you make a very good point, which is that that uh, the world will not sit idly by at the, at the can't afford to can they can't afford to no 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 they, and they won't they won't sit and share the whimsy of of Trudeau of the, or of, of Canadian Canada's government that thinks it can actually just or the guy who climbed the CN out. Tower yeah they, and they, so, so it will be supplied and most of those suppliers will have lower environmental standards and lower ethical standards in their yeah. cases. Yeah. Than Canada, um, uh, and therefore there will be more damages done to to the world um, as a result of Canada's uh, abstinence um, or with, with uh, withholding from the world markets 
the oil and gas revenue. Okay, I have. Resources I'm sorry to interrupt. But I have one more question I have to ask you, and that's this: If we're okay. six, number six and number twelve on the list, and Wyoming and Texas are far more attractive to the investor than our Canadian environment, wasn't always that way, but it is now. Your study shows that. Is there a way that we can actually would, would we be able to persuade these investors to put their money into this country? Is it too late? No, absolutely possible. I mean, one of the things these, the survey that Fraser Institute does um, has shown again also year over year is that change can happen very, very quickly and has happened in Canada before. Uh, in, the, in the mining domain, for example, Quebec's rankings, they were top of the hit leap, uh, of the list. They were the world, one of the world's leading uh, jurisdictions for attracting mining investment. They made some bad regulatory decisions, bad policy decisions. They dropped precipitously only over a matter of years, but then they changed and they came back within a matter of years. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of swing power, I would call it, in these environmental regulations and settling disputed land claims that Canada could manipulate with regulatory okay. streamlining, regulatory reform, and they could turn this around and move back up the list very expeditiously. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.